Welcome to Paradigm Shifters. Our Paradigm Shifter tonight is uh, somebody who's working toward the shifting of your paradigm and my paradigm, I believe for the greater good, maybe even for the unity of all of us growing on this planet. What do you think? Welcome to the show, Adam Hall. Well, wonderful to be here with you, Veronica, and all of your listeners in this fellow travelers and earth stewards or wherever we are on this uh, amazing planet we share. Uh, it's great to be here with you today and uh, I'm with you. We we are in a extraordinary time to, to all show up and make a difference for yeah, each other. Yeah, it, it and for, really for is extraordinary. Planet. You're absolutely right. And I think that extraordinary can be terrifying to a lot of people, right? And uh, just hearing your uh, some of your story, I haven't read your whole book yet, which I should do that because it looks wonderful. But learning about how you call um, the learning that you developed, and we're going to talk about the passageway you took to get to this uh, quantum genius. And the other line I absolutely resonated with is let the beauty of what we do be the love that you are or the love of what you are. I thought, wow, I have to sit and think about that, which sounds so simple, but it, it is really deep, isn't it? It is, and, you know, I, I, is it, maybe it's perhaps the time that we really show up to the the depth and the, the magnitude of, of who we are. I certainly believe, uh, Veronica, that it, it is that time. All of us have this genius within ourselves, and it's uh, not to be acquired. It's been given, and it's it's in, in so many ways. It will peel that back and and let it out. I I'm just so here and excited to be having this conversation because there's so much difficulty in on the planet and uh, in our you know in our communities, in our homes, in our inner inner landscape. And there's so much going on. And it's it's nice to come to a place and be with you and your listeners so that we can just be in that presence of of what we're here to do and dial in, dial it in and have some fun too. I love that part. All right. So uh, you didn't just stumble on this information, did you? You um, had to go through something. Can you tell us a bit about the portal that you had to go through to get to this uh, uh, quantum awakening? Well, be be happy, happy to Veronica, and and it, it is it a port, it is a portal of sorts, is is it not, or a doorway, or whatever. I like that portal. Symbol. It's got more exotic, multidimensionality to it. <laughs> I, I I do I do as well, and I mean that's really the whole idea here in our three D existence, moving through a portal into these five D experiences and these greater potentialities that all of us have and in our human form. And I mean, it is in a magnificent biological machine, physiological machine, psychological. And uh, I, I had to take this journey. Uh, it wasn't initially uh, by actually choosing. It was a matter of kind of spirit saying, hey, it's your time. And of course, I feared that message when my life began to break down as I knew it. And really was living the the picture perfect uh, kind of quintessential American dream, you know, successful business, a beautiful wife and children and home and you know all of those kind of accoutrements that uh, come along with seemingly what we all are are after. And, well, was uh, it a catastrophe was, that broke it all apart, or just personal growth, or what? Well, it 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 was precipitated by not feeling well. 
by ah. really kind of living living in a place of taking a lot of tums and drinking too much tequila. And uh, so so the writings, you know, the signs were on the wall. And and fortunately, I didn't break down into a, a, a real health crisis or some forms of serious accident. But ultimately, it was a deeper listening and a deeper knowing that I needed to to listen to spirit. I needed to listen to the call to adventure. I needed to show up to move into that portal, although I had no idea what mm -hmm. that was or where I was to go. So I just begin reading voraciously, studying, and really landed in a lot of indigenous traditions and, and then began that journey step by step by step. And it took a few steps backward too along the way, but here I am. But as you were involved in family and business and all that kind of thing, do you, in retrospect, and I'm saying this because of so many people that I work with and, and counsel with and so on, but did you have a feeling of uh, being isolated in the middle of this lot of people context in which you lived? Did you have a feeling of being like alone in it or separated from it or blank in it or how are you feeling? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I was already struggling with, um, you know, some of my own sense of not being good enough, you know, that self-worth issue. Mm -hmm. And although it wasn't evident at the time because I put on a, a good appearance and a good show and had a lot of success, but un underneath there was a piece of me that just felt, uh, felt amazingly separate. And, um, and at the same time, it was terrifying to step into the world and say, hey, I, I'm struggling. I'm looking for something that is I don't know. I'm, I'm not happy with where I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, begin to look at that. And then, and as a man, to just reveal myself vulnerably. So it was like either way I looked, like couldn't look backwards into what wasn't working and was, a, was terrified to look forward into what potentially could work. So it was, uh, it was, a, it certainly was a very difficult part of the journey, but ultimately, you know, it was choosing into those next steps and, and really quite simply, Veronica, showing up mm -hmm. and finding out what the unknown had in store. Mm -hmm. Must've been a little painful at times, but you did it. We call it in my world, we often call it the nervous breakthrough. <laughs> yeah, and and, and and indeed, you know, it wasn't. Uh, we think of midlife crisis or wherever we are in our journey or the dark night of the soul, but you know, it, it's truly the gift within within the within the journey. It's not. It's the gift that I can find through my own pain. The gift that I could find through wanting to explore uh, what else is possible, and it, it's it's extraordinary. To, to take the journey and all that have come along the way to hold and love and teach and do all the things that I've been, been blessed to have in my life. And ultimately, yeah, getting into a place of, of my higher calling, so to speak, and service work in the world. So it's, it's nice to be through that. But of course, there are layers. I, I want to know a little bit about back. the ind indigenous stuff that you got involved in. And I just want to tease you a little bit and say, you know, people say, it's not all about you, you know, but actually reading information about you, it is all about you or it is all about me. Diving in there and pulling apart some of the old outmoded fabric 
and really purifying what is actually in there. At least that's what it sounds to me like you did a lot of. Well, hundred hundred percent, and you know, it, it it I mean, it's it's easy. I mean, or we seeming like you said, we think, you know, it's selfish to be tending to the well-being of ourselves. Oh no, it, you know, it's narcissistic to be tending to the well-being of our heart and our soul, uh, and our body and our mind. And the fact of the matter is, uh, what could be more important than tending to the well-being of 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 who you are? And who you, around you wouldn't benefit from that if you really get into a deeper place of knowing and loving? Well, 100% on that. I mean, as you know, one of the key motivating factors was my three daughters. And if I wasn't going to show up and show up and to, to be authentic and to find my way and to heal my life, then how could I be of service to them mm-hmm. uh, or, or much less anybody in the world? And so there's there's most certainly the idea of tending to ourselves is critical and mm-hmm. it's necessary and it doesn't mean that it's exclusive of caring for others in the planet it just means the opposite we are caring for others in the planet by caring deeply and self acceptance and love of ourselves so and right as you're saying that, you deepening caring in yourself for others it's a really marvelous thing hey how about your daughters? Are they like you now, or are they uh, deepening like that too? Did they take a lot of lessening from you? Well, it's 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 you know I I came you know this let, let me just say this I the journey with my daughters has been a, a, just a beautiful journey of healing, and love, and forgiveness of myself, and deep deeping self acceptance of loving the places within myself that felt so unloved and. To show up with them as 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 not just simply a father, but somebody that is loving and caring and and deeply supported, supportive of their heart and their soul, and they they are all in their journey. I now have five granddaughters Yay. as well, Ooh. which is just fantastic. And and to your point, the the you know one of my daughters is particularly attuned to deepening her own sense of self purpose and mission mm-hmm. my other two daughters are all uh, kind of seated mm-hmm. with that and exploring that in their own let's just say divine time and and i think most importantly for perhaps for others is that the journey with our children and the difficulty at least i'll explain sarah for myself can be that it is layered Mm-hmm. And we and I'm going into deeper places with them and holding our journey as well and asking my guides uh, to to guide me into a place of deepening and fulfilling those relationships in an even more profound, uh, purposeful, kind of heart-centered way with them. But it's all really good, and I feel very blessed about them, and I'm very proud proud of them and all that they're doing as mothers, as teachers, as artists, as as creators of this new this new paradigm shift that we're all now experiencing more than ever. Hmm. And the rebalancing of the masculine feminine, you've got yourself a whole feminine group here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well you're you're that's that's so true. And I 
you know, someone said, you know, Adam, what, the, you know, what the, what the odds are of having three daughters and five granddaughters? Said, no, what are they? 0.3%. Oh, wonderful. And, it's a message. Isn't that a message? And to your, your point, it, the idea there is, you know, the divine feminine, the feminine has offered me so much um, good, good uh, wisdom and difficult teachings at times, but profound from my mother to uh, my ex to the all the wonderful and brilliant women that are in my life and my granddaughters are all really serving me as a man to really embrace up the place within myself that often didn't feel so loved, the little... So they're bringing you up, aren't they, Adam? They have lifted me um, in, in just powerfully. And, and, and not that it's always been easy, but the, the guidance has been quite profound. Mm-hmm. And it's, been, it's changed my life because it's helped me as a man to get in touch with the feminine within me. Good. To know that deeper truth because ultimately I think in some ways and all you men don't take this the wrong way but us men kind of our puny little minds can kind of comprehend the power and the the depth and the wisdom of the feminine and so I decided to pay attention to the feminine the women in my life to to be a better man to show up during these great times of change because the situation is changing with the patriarchal with men Thank and it's it's a it's a very powerful time, and my I have a little piece to share with you real quickly, uh, Veronica. When that You're welcome when to I, share, please. Yeah, yeah. I was I spent a lot of time with the late beloved Barbara Marks Hubbard. Oh wow! And she and Enviable. I were very, mm-hmm. very, very close, and uh, you know we'd have a lot of one-on-ones. And one of the things that she consistently shared with me was. She touched, she'd lean over, like lean into me, and she'd put her hand on my, on my knee, and she'd say, Adam, I don't know what the men are going to do. And wow, it just was like, in other words, Adam, you can help the men to know what they need to do. Good, you can yeah. be part of this evolution, this shift. That's, that's what... That's what she was sharing in her infinite wisdom and just a little tidbit and sidebar about men and women. And this is a big, big area of, of deeper exploration. Um, and we're, we'll see where this goes, but it, 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 you know, I'm holding, it'll be very graceful and it'll be very powerful. And I, as a man, I'm paying attention. I love that. Well, you know, I, I was involved quite a bit in the oneness blessing groups, for a few years, mm. and uh, and I, I like the word oneness, you know. And as you're speaking, and we're talking about masculine and feminine, or whichever way we're looking at it. <laughs> I'm looking at your work mm-hmm. here, and I'm thinking of divine genius as diving genius, which could be true too. Is diving mm. deeply within yourself to get the real merit of what you are as a soul i'm going so what do you think about oneness is that what we're trying to learn is to get to a deep enough place that we all can resonate with uh that with the uh divine genius in ourselves and that would be supportive is that partly what we're trying to learn yes and it's a lot about what i speak to in my 
most current book, The Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve, it's as much about unlearning as it is about learning. And the idea there is that as we unlearn our habitual ways of, of separation of our egotistic kind of identifications, even as a man or a woman or a mother or a father or a, 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 a brother or a sister, whatever it may be. Success you know, or failure. Success or failure, win or lose. You know, we are operating in a, 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 an existing mindset that has got us in this place in the first place. For better or for worse, and we also know, we now know that the challenges are vast. So we it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So the idea of oneness is certainly one that is is a place of of connection, of co-creation with creation, of of becoming a real manifester of your own dreams and having a choice to do that, to not be guided by outside influences or even more relevancy, and no doubt you experienced this in your work, Veronica, mm -hmm. is guided by our past. That, mm -hmm. that oftentimes I, I found that I was living in the future's past. I was living guided by my own limiting belief system. So coming into a place of oneness, it terrifies many people. Mm -hmm. and, and, if, and it's understandable because in my journey, to oneness, to unification of body, mind, spirit, soul, mother nature, the supernatural world. And that journey into that holistic whole being of oneness, it, it was terrifying at times because I feared the unknown. Or annihilation and in a way. It is annihilation. Mm -hmm. And it's annihilation of the idea of self and separate self. So Hence, oneness can be very challenging for people, understandably so. And I would say that in that journey, in, in through and through the journey of that separation and experiencing the oneness, that it's a it's a far better option than the alternative of separation. <laughs> so, anyway, it's a it's a fun place and it's a powerful place, but it's a place of love and it's a place not to be feared. Yeah, I, I think you're right, too. You, you talked about terrifying at one point. And I think when we let go of all the little struts of our identity and so on, we go through terrifying times, don't we? But it's Oh, most, cer most certainly. It's those on different levels that create wars and so on. So we're praying to get beyond all that, right? Well, most certainly, I think that, you know, the chaos in the world and the challenges of the world, those, those aren't. That does, that's not going away. That's just the nature of the world we live in. It's our relationship with the changes in the world and all the things that changing and seem very difficult. How do you want to experience those? Do you want to experience them as chaos or do you really want to choose more into being in a relationship with them in a new way that sees that for what it is? And I just give an example you know, one of the things that helped me so much and do is really uh, coming into a relationship with nature, with mm -hmm. the environment, who, and she's been my greatest teacher. And, you know, as a real estate, you know, developer, ex-real estate developer, I saw trees as something to chop down and build a house, you know, and so it's about coming into a deeper relationship. And when we're in that relationship within ourselves, then 
the fear is replaced by love. The mm -hmm. fear of anticipations replaced by a fear of knowing. The fear of mistrust is replaced by a fear by trust. And it brings us to a place that that there's a certainty and there's an inner knowing. And of course, you know, it's not about changing the world. It's just changing our minds about how we want to experience our life. And we have that choice. And uh, I want to encourage everybody to really embrace that choice if, if they haven't or if they're in the journey to it and to know that uh, we're all being held and guided and loved here to do what we're here to do. And so it's it's exciting time, and yet it's daunting. And I, I totally understand that as well. Well, I yeah, thank you for that. I think the, the conundrum is very often in, for example, disinformation, right? Used to keep us separated and so on. And instead of being in fear. Well, anyway, what, what do you have to say about that? Because that's an interesting subject to me, is how people get really strong and go into unity. Well, it, it, you know, and you're bringing up a point of how, um, you know, truth or disinformation moves us away and keep, you know, log, log, seemingly locks us into a place of separation and division and verse moving us more into the oneness and interconnectivity with ourselves and nature and the quantum field and all these, all these things. And you're right. That's it's spot spot on. And you know what I would offer, just in from my own personal journey, and when I do, when I work with with others, is we really talk about um, the idea of 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 that separation. And are we going to choose into stories in other people's belief systems, whatever media outlets they come from, because we're inundated with media outlets, mm -hmm. and choose into that story? And to buy in and contribute to that story, or are you going to choose into building and creating your own story and the new story? Because like we are the new we are the new storytellers, and the invitation to all of us is to embrace our new story that we get to write anew and to try to discern this is true or that's not true. It's all all subjective out there. There's mm -hmm. no absolute truth in the outer world. There's that absolute truth relies within yourself that, but it's transcendent of your separate self. It's in the divine genius self that we speak to. Mm -hmm. That's the divine genius within you that knows this absolute truth and what's truth for you and how you want to live and dream your life into being. So it's a powerful time because everything is wedging and dividing, and that is a key attribute of the ego and the separate mindset that wants to divide, that that's what it must do. And if it's not doing that, then it's in its state of annihilation because otherwise, when it's not there, it's oneness. And... Uh... And, and well, I want to jump around because I want to talk to you about the indigenous peoples that you encountered. You went through quite a journey, didn't you, of, of uh, being with teachers of different systems. And that must have been elevating for your core, for your divine self, uh, in terms of having uh, room to spread out inside and really take on what you wanted. Is that right? 
Well, and thank you for that. And, and that journey, it continues. That's the excitement of the journey to genius. That's the excitement of coming alive into our fullness, into our wellness of who we are. And if we weren't doing that, and if I wasn't doing that, well, I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you today. I would be off somewhere else in the Netherlands or not here in, in, in body so that I can learn that journey and enjoy that journey. And that journey for, for is, is unique to each of us. And, you know, Campbell called it the hero's journey and it's the genius journey or the, the journey to adventure, the call to the quest, whatever that may be for you. Mm-hmm. And what's in, most important, uh, just a little pre, preamble to the indigenous wisdom and traditions of, of the millennia, and that preamble is, is it's, it's, it's key for each of us to take our own journey. Mm-hmm. That that journey uh, is to be selected and chosen by each of us. And we get to define that journey. And that's why, you know, the age of the, the gurus and the teachers, as we traditionally know it, has come to an end at the beginning here of the uh, Aquarian age. Mm-hmm. And because each of us are the teachers, we are the gurus. Well, I want to I want to say two things. One thing is about defining the journey. I go, you probably didn't. Well, I don't know, but defining the journey seems a little rigid, and probably you didn't do it that way. Well, it, let's let's clarify that, and I want to weave I, that back. I'm not back being into... a brat there. I just am really <laughs> saying there was a certain surrender you went into that was quite. I think, uh, accepting or, or learning. You, you see what I'm trying to say? Oh, I do. And oh, you, okay. You can be a troublemaker all you want, Veronica. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> go, go right ahead. I relate. But the, but the idea, you know, the two, two things that you put forth around the indigenous wisdom mm-hmm. and, you know, my choosing into a path um, versus a traditional path of, you know, uh, Buddhism or Gnostic Christianity. And while I've studied you know, Taoism and other things was really into the indigenous wisdom, which is an earth-based uh, connection, earth-based wisdom. And they, they, the idea of me saying that the journey was, is defined, it's, it's, it's more, it's, the point was, is that nobody can define your journey. You get to choose how you want to define the journey, mm-hmm. whatever way that means and is important for your heart and your soul's evolution. So it's more an empowerment to the individual to do that within themselves for themselves to really embrace that. And the indigenous cultures, because they, they, continue to, and they live and they strive to live deeply in a, in a place of rooted in earth and connection to earth. And that journey began to resonate for me because ultimately the wisdom carried by them, them through the millennium is one that was a self-empowerment. It wasn't guided by a dogma. It was not guided by a religion. It wasn't guided by a gatekeeper. Yes, they had priests and priestesses. Yes, they were men and women that carried forward the shamanic traditions. But ultimately, it's all driven towards the truth and the power of the individual heart and mind and soul 
to lift themselves into their fullest becoming. And that's the idea of choosing, of making the choice. And that's what many, as you know, we call the choice point. Mm-hmm. And I came to that choice point, and that choice point was clearly to, you know, tap into the ancient technologies and wisdom of our indigenous cultures, apply that with A Course in Miracles, but apply that with, with new science, mm-hmm. new science and new medicine that can lead us into our place of our greatest becoming. And, and, and we're all needed now, are mm-hmm. we not? We're oh, just yeah. called now. Well, you can't get to oneness if you don't get everybody in the picture, right? Well, hundred hundred percent. And you know, I I'm doing a um, a summit this fall with humanities team, and um, it's called Global Oneness Week. Oh, wow! And if if and when's that not, on? I want to hear about that. Well, that's a, that's a must for everybody. It's on October sixteenth. We're going to run that for a week. Okay. Um, there's going to be numerous wonderful panels. It's ori- it is orientated to oneness, but it, it but it has many other key aspects. For example, I hosted a panel with Dr. Bruce Lipton and Alberto Vialdo and Lynn McTaggart and Shamani Jane, and these are brilliant scientists mm-hmm. in the area of new medicine and regenerative medicine. There could be a lot of exciting things happening there. And the point is, is co- coming uh, is, is the invitation to, to be, to be one, mm-hmm. to, to live that fullest place of our, our potentiality. It's not about learning anything like I've shared. I, I, it's about unlearning all that does not serve the oneness of who we are and that interconnectivity. And, and I don't mean to be woo woo or new agey or anything. It's I don't you know, even know what that physics. means anymore. You know <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're just and learning quantum physics. Yeah, quantum physics is showing us that it's we're all intertwined in this beautiful wave and particle energy that of which we are habitating this incredible Earth together, and that place it resides within each of us of our connection point place and. And that's that's the journey of of really fullness and and genius, and each of us has that. And I'm excited about actually what's what is emerging, what's happening, and what's coming forth. And it's just great to be here sharing this with you and exploring this with you. I love I, when you say exploring. I like that a lot. And you I, you said another word a while back about chaos. Uh, you know how do we handle the chaos? And I, I I can't remember the context exactly. That wasn't exactly what you said, but I often think that things are okay, that the universes are changing and giving us other frequencies to work with. That's how I perceive it a lot of the time. And you know, I don't need to argue, but I don't have to be right. I that's just what I'm perceiving. But when the chaos comes, I go, or when I really feel it, I go, oh, we got to kind of surf this and find our own center in the middle of it. So I think it's booting up that ability to find ourselves. What do you think of that? Well, you're spot on with that. That's that's very. I, I love that intuitive wisdom, uh, uh, Veronica, and uh, and it is the call from that inner connect place within ourselves that's so tapped into that place of oneness and connectivity, and that can observe the chaos without becoming the chaotic or becoming the chaos. Mm-hmm. And and in that place of our expanded state of consciousness, 
you know, it's a journey and it's work and it's all that. But of course, it's 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 already existing there for us to reveal itself. But in that journey, Veronica, it's it's asking us to to see the gift in the chaos. Mm-hmm. What's being what is being offered here? And, and it requires I, a stillness in ourselves at times, doesn't it? It, well, it it does, and you know, I do spend a lot of time in nature, and in, do spend time in, in in stillness as a practice, both in walking stillness and you know, being like the hummingbird that's moving, you know, thousands of flutters, a, a, literally a, a a minute, and but still, still, still drinking the nectar of our lives, still experiencing the joy of being alive. Now, I want to tell you, you've had hummingbirds in front of my window off and on through this conversation. Right (laughs) up against the window, I'm going, oh, good for you, Alan. (laughs) You called them in. Adam, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to call you, Alan. (laughs) You can call me anything you want. That's perfectly fine. (laughs) Now, I want to jump to another thing, which is ayahuasca. A lot of people, I haven't done ayahuasca. I did one thing in the 60s, and it really took me a long way away, and I went, okay, I won't do that again. But in any case... Uh A lot of people that I really respect have taken uh, an ayahuasca journey, and have you? And you noted you noted that in your uh, in, in your information. And I wondered if you could talk a bit about that. Like, is that a way for us to deepen into our own center? Is that uh, just tell what you think about it? I'm sure you'll be interesting. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, medicinal medicines and psilocybin and uh, San Pedro and you know, MD and D and all these other things have become obviously, you know, front and center uh, uh, for in many ways, both from a traditional Western perspective as, as a form of treatment of depression and, you know, other types of other types of things that are affecting us and, you know, other travelers on the path, so to speak, or, you know, want to explore these medicines. And, um, and I did write about uh, those medicines uh, both in my first book, the, the Earth Keeper Undeveloping the Future, and this book that I just published here last week called The Divine Genius. So I did speak into the medicine. And I and I want to, and your question is a good question because I think a lot of people, even those that are starting to explore the medicines, been doing them in the proliferation of, you know, pop-up uh, weekends with ayahuasca or you know, Costa Rican retreats and all of that. Um, I, I'm, I'm a strong advocate that it's a deeply personal choice and that the medicine and the medicines that are available to us now are, are, are not for everybody. And uh, I, you can have experiences with the right kind of practices that can be very similar, not identical, but very similar to deepen into our deepen primarily into a place of our unconscious and subconscious uh, mind in the indigenous world, we call it the underworld. So it, it certainly supports that, but it's not the only, let's but call it, it helps means. with unlearning, doesn't it? Or does it? It, it does. Mm-hmm. It, it, it does. It helps with quite a few things. And one of it is a deeper self-acceptance of love. I mean, the primary theme that many people walk away is a deepening of their own, their connection with themselves as love hmm. and the expression of love in the world and the, the the letting go of a lot of traumas or at least the witnessing of those traumas to to guide further work of, of healing and trauma, you know, PSD healing and some of these other things. So the medicines can serve um, 
under the right conditions. And when I say that, I mean the right uh, teacher is present, the right ayahuasca caro is present if it's doing ayahuasca, the right environment is precious. It's all want you want that under the right circumstances. So if you're thinking about doing the medicine or, or want to explore the medicine, you know, just do a little bit of homework. You know, is it right for me? Checking in with yourself, listening deeply to your heart, your soul. And also what are the what who's facilitating that? And under what circumstances are they facilitating that? So just a word of how to proceed using these medicines. Uh, these are these are these are for ritual. They're for they're initiatory. They do invite you into a greater space of oneness. And along the way to that journey, as we all knew, you know, there are bumps in our roads, there are pain and challenges that we cross. And that's the that's the world of shamanic uh, medicine and also earth medicines. So it's a it's a powerful combination, and uh, and it's it's a time that maybe people are say I'm ready. Maybe I'm ready to look at that. And, and, and you're maybe grateful you're you ready. went there. <laughs> I don't know. I would like to be ready. I, I think about it, you know. But um, you found it uh, very helpful. You One of the points that you brought up here in your notes is why the beliefs around death are such a transformative teaching. And I'm going, that's relevant to the ayahuasca. And, uh, and Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Do, would you like to speak a little bit about that? Well, it, you're, it, 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 it's 100% relevant. As a matter of fact, the the ayahuasca caros and the masters that I've worked in in the deep in the Peruvian jungles, um, they are it, referred to the ayahuasca as the as the vine of death. Ah. And 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 one of the you know and you know I just want to clarify it's death, death of your ego, right? Well, exactly, and that's I, I, where where I want to go a little bit more with please, with this do. very important thing, a, a topic of death, because death is 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 the number one hum, human fear, mm-hmm. um, and the idea of death is something that is is greatly unknown to to all of us because we we're here alive and we think well you know, what is it that when we physically die from this world? And so the death is put in a very narrow context, as you know, because you probably explore this a lot in your work and what you're sharing in the world, Veronica. But death is the idea of, in its most holistic indigenous teaching is also rebirth. Mm-hmm. And it's, in other words, it's death is transformation. Death and rebirth lead to a transformative, transcendent state of a conditioned mind and a realignment of our energy field that holds our pain and our suffering. Hmm. And the death emerges us through that, not around it, but through that and opens ourselves up into a whole new reality. Hmm. In other words, we are experiencing not only ego death or psychological death, but we are allowing ourselves to become the healers mm-hmm. of our energy bodies that carry a lot of trauma this lifetime and others, if you believe in that stuff. Mm-hmm. But death is powerfully transformative and ayahuasca is a form of, of, of conscious death. And a matter of fact, the subject matter of this divine genius 
is the first question I ask in the first sentence of the book. Can you get out of this lifetime alive right now and free yourself and free yourself into your genius? Ah, uh, that is such a good question, isn't it? That That's a very complex question. It is and it isn't. Because if you think about it, the idea of death is also matched with the idea of life. And we've spoken so much over the year, at least the, the mystics and the masters and the philosophers, the perennial philosophers of time, have spoken so much about our nature of life and the immortal nature of life. And the idea of our conditioned experience, at least I'll speak for myself, is coming up in a world that we are simply a body. And we, at some point in time, perhaps get to a place where, well, not exactly. We're spirits in a body. Mm -hmm. And our consciousness is what, wherein lies the existence. If there is an existence of consciousness, certainly not in form, and spirit as universal beings. And that's where we move beyond the physicality and the idea of death. And we move through a, a, our psychological death to embrace this place of our totality in oneness, as mm -hmm. you, you so beautifully presence today, Veronica. So thank you for doing that. This is an exciting conversation today to be having with you and, and all of your listeners, because it, this is the moment. We're here together having this conversation, and whoever might be listening to having this conversation is is ready to have this conversation and embrace what that may mean mm -hmm. for themselves. I, I think the researching death is probably the most exciting conversation there is. I don't mean exciting in a simplistic way, but what you're talking about is very, uh, I, I don't want to say soothing. It, it just It's very healing to talk about it, is it not? Well, it is, and it's it's such a uh, you know I'm I'm in an interesting experience right now around physical death. My my beloved mother is 94, and oh. you know she's coming to that place. I was with her yesterday, spending time with her, and you know of course, and she lives in a place where people are dying all the time, and um, she's very blessed, and that journey is very present for her, of course. And, um, and she's you know, not afraid. I, it, uh, she is afraid. Oh, she and is. Oh, okay. It, she is. She is afraid. She's coming into acceptance of it. So she's in embracing. The point being is let's not wait till the end of our lives to be asking these kind of questions. I agree let's with you. Let's do what we can do now because when we free ourselves from this idea of death, again, idea of death, we have an idea that death is related to our physicality. Of course, everything in our physical world will die, even the sun. And ultimately, though, there is more to this great story. And that story is we're spirits in the body, a living, expanding, infinite consciousness that it continues in its journey beyond death. And 
ayahuasca certainly supports the knowing of that and the inner knowing of that. And that is the, a powerful place of freedom. Does it help and, people and, and experience now. what death would be? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Does it help people prepare in that way as well? That, as if it, the it, spirit's it, it, exiting it, it, the body or? It, it, it does. I mean, it, of course, it's easy for me to say, I'm physically here with you. Mm-hmm. But my, and I won't get into the depth of my work and the depth of the guides and and all of that today. We can get somewhat into it, but it's a bigger conversation. Sure. But ultimately, it it, it when we cut it, what what happened for me, Veronica, is when it came into an acceptance of that part of my mortality, but it really became into a letting go of that my identification as a physical, purely a physical being, but coming into a deeper inner truth, a deeper inner knowing that it's a yes and. Yes, I'm a physical being Mm -hmm. that is going to die. And no, I'm not that. I am in the deepest truth, consciousness, a living embodiment of spirit that Mm -hmm. is emerging from a greater quantum field of light that's based in the physical form on earth. So it's very comforting. It's mm-hmm. trusting. It cre- the, the journey of, of genius is the journey into deep inner trust, self-acceptance, and the safety that resides in this place of deep inner peace. Yes, mm-hmm. to that. And there's a safety. Thank you for that. That was wonderful, actually. Lots to think about here or feel about. But the thing about consciousness our consciousness, as far as I understand, I've heard a few really powerful teachers say, you're unique, you're the only one in the universe that's you. But And that doesn't change, even though you grow and change and your identities die and so on. There's this uh, atom out there that's always got some of the essence of your being. I've been told that a few times. So what do you think of that? Yes, and that, that's a little bit, of, that kind of takes us over into the paradox of ourselves as divine beings. Mm-hmm. And and when I use that word, I don't use it lightly because it, it, it's, it's the aspect of ourselves, whatever that may be. But that when I speak to that, it's the aspect of our soul self that is, in, is indelibly imprinted mm-hmm. by the universe that holds us in our unique and pattern that is divine. And that unique pattern, and although this may be a little bit of a paradox, is certain. It does not change. Mm-hmm. It's in a place of absolute oneness. Mm-hmm. It's held with the whole. And then we from there move into our place of expression in this magnificent machine, whatever we want to call it, calling the human body. Mm -hmm. And it's extraordinary what has been given, but yet the knowing of that oneness, that place of our unique design, our divine design given by the divine genius, that blueprint is held and carried forward throughout this lifetime and all our lifetimes and all our lifetimes to come. 
It's bigger than a whale. It's a will, isn't it? <laughs> it's well, it's it's beautiful that you say that because you know the you know, the great journey I, I think is ourselves as animals in this kingdom here, a queendom more appropriate coming coming forth. Thank goodness. In this queendom is that we, you know, ha- we have that free will, mm-hmm. that free will to so that we can choose, that we can decide what is most appropriate. And 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 I really see that my personal journey is is one choice, and to come to the place that I can choose this, where I know I'm empowered to choose this, where I cannot be segued or side, you know, put aside or taken to another life experience, but where my mind can choose ego Mm -hmm. and separation, or I can choose genius and oneness. That is the choice point. And in that choice point, in one way, we're freeing ourselves from free will. This is kind of the kind of the conundrum. It's oh, a I like this. Keep thing. going. Oh, this is great. Well, it's a strange thing to to have that freedom in free will, but it's a strange thing to 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 let it go, to mm-hmm. embrace divine will. Wow. Because you're saying will. there's so much divine wisdom that we are a part of if we let ourselves go into it, right? Yes, and it's a. It was such a relief for me, Veronica, to come to a place along the path to be able to to be presented that with this wisdom and this 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 ancient wisdom that's transcendent of the ages that that speaks to this place of free will and the paradox of surrendering that and and embracing divine will, which essentially says it has been given. You need nothing else, that you are loved and you are loved and you are held, and that in that certainty and in that place of trust and in that place of, of safety, you need do nothing. Wow. You are, it has been given to you. What a beautiful message. Wow. Thank you so much. This has just been a wonderful interview from my perspective, and I know my listeners are going to enjoy it tremendously. So I guess we have to end it, but perhaps we could talk again. I'd love to speak with you again. Oh, most certainly. And happy to happy to continue the conversation. And, you know, as we touch, we touch deeply more within ourselves, as you do in your, your great work, Veronica, we, we touch the generations and our conversation today uh, will touch just the right people that are, are ready to be fully, uh, released and delivered from, uh, from this this crazy wild fun journey we're all sharing <laughs> and i had on my notes at the beginning which i didn't bring up but i do think you said generation and i do believe we are looking at a tidal change of humanity potential uh all over the world and i i just think it could be just so amazing so I'll yes 100 percent we that title title change is well well underway, and the, it is it is uh, generational change, and it's 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 so important that we we ride that and mm-hmm. that uh, that we embrace it, that we do essentially what the the master martial artist lives by, which is the the golden wisdom of anticipation. 
Because when you can anticipate, you can adapt. And when you can adapt, you can thrive and survive. And you can live to regenerate and live a fullness of our lives. So this is a time for anticipation. This is a time to adapt. And this is a great time in our adaptation as we can we can avoid a lot of things that are emergent on our planet and we can survive and thrive and regenerate. And I'm looking forward to doing more of that. About change. Oh, me too. And I have to say goodbye right now, but I want yes. for everybody to know this is Adam C. Hall. And Adam, tell the name of your books one more time. What, you know. Well, the, the, the book that is out now is a book called Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve. I encourage everybody to take a look at that. But in the meantime, if you would like, go to my website, adamhall.solutions, adamhall.solutions. And if you put a backslash on that, adamhall.solutions backslash ebook, I've got a free ebook with a lot of this wisdom and inspiration for, for you. And I would encourage you to it, definitely check out the ebook. Feel free to go to the website. Look forward to seeing everybody out on the path. This is our time. We, we got this. Let's do it together and have some fun while we do it. Thank you so much, Adam. You're very inspiring. And this is Veronica Entwistle saying to everyone, thank you for listening. And I hope you are also inspired about your own journey and fitting into a wonderful wave of evolution around the planet. So thank you again, Adam. You're most welcome. Be well, be, be safe, and blessings, and everyone. And you too.